Hello, I'm Steph. And I'm Al. And this is The Source, a podcast from Chicken and Chips Casting. Conversations with people we love, talking about things we love and hate or feel strong feelings about. And it's all no BS. This episode of The Source is brought to you by We Audition. We are big fans of this platform and we plug it relentlessly in workshops and with actors. We hear so often actors can't find a scene partner for their audition and this is the immediate solution. It's a global platform that helps you find a scene partner on demand through video chat for rehearsals and self-tapes worldwide. So if you need an accent or just decide to tape at 2am, We Audition is where you'll find someone. It also enables actors to meet casting directors, agents and industry experts for one-on-ones through video chat. Sign up for a membership to access actors and industry professionals all around the world. You could also be a reader for other actors, which is a great way to continue practicing and playing with scenes. We're offering our listeners a 25% discount on your membership when you use the code SOURCE25. That's S-A-U-C-E-2-5. Head to weaudition.com to sign up. SOURCE25 for your discount. Hello. Hello. What's your source of the week? Are we doing a shared source this week? We are going to do a shared source this week. Are we going to do it the same way we did last time where we said yeah. one, two, three and see okay. if we can... Well, let, well, this is an improv exercise, isn't it? Because it's okay, like reading gonna... reading your face and trying to figure out what you're going to say at the same time. Okay. okay. One, two, two three. three. Sydney, Sydney Film, Film Festival. Festival. <laughs> oh, I crushed it. <laughs> I really should have said something rogue. <laughs> yes, anyway. stitched me up, throw me under the bus. Yeah, we Sydney Film Festival happened and we were back in the theatre for the first time. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, my God, the vibe in the State Theatre for opening night. Yeah, actually, no better way to start going back into cinema than to go to the State Theatre. I know. And seeing Here Out West, which is so – it was just such a beautiful, funny – I know. um, Sad, just – a, the perfect way to open the Sydney Film Festival. A whole journey. Yeah, to give like that cross-section of diverse stories. Um, yeah, it was just yeah. so beautiful. So congrats to that whole team because we know yeah. a lot of them. So Yes, yeah. and the cast that all blessed the stage uh, at the uh, end. It was so, so good. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Um, but we, I guess we should talk about one thing that happened, which I thought was so hilarious and also just such a vocal crowd there. I know. Um, what's that dickhead's name? Perite. Perite? Yeah. Is that how you say it? I've been calling him Perite. Perite. (laughs) Charlotte Chimes calls him that. Yeah. Perite. Maybe he refers to himself as Perite. I don't think he's that fancy, is he? He's Perite. He's not that fancy. Anyway, what a dickhead. Um, he, he zoomed a little, like they had him on a video link or whatever, showed him on a screen because he was... He had no guts to stand up there in and front the of everyone. the whole cinema basically laughed. Yeah, we were pissing ourselves laughing and booing him off stage and like... It was so awkward. It was very awkward for him and unbeknownst to him too. But I really hope someone filmed that and tagged him in it because like... I don't, do you think he's on social media? Fully, yeah. Okay. He, yeah, I've fully looked him yeah. up. Yeah, I've looked him up because I was like, who is this guy? Um, 
Yeah, so I just thought that was so good because it just showed like a collective mm, camaraderie industry yeah. and like it was just so good. I loved it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, on a bit it of a high. And then we proceeded to continue to go to the cinema over the next couple of weeks, which yeah. is just such a treat. Well, yeah, so we saw some different films yeah. because, you know, Divide and Conquer. Mm. Um, but what did you see? Oh, you've put me on the spot to remember now. What did I say? Worst person in the world. Yes. And um, Bergman Island. Yeah. Which both actually had a lead character crossover uh-huh. from Norway. It oh, was yeah. Norway, what, right? I think so, yeah. I think we spoke yes. about this. And one of them was subtitled and one of them wasn't. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, but they were both so good. Yeah. Loved them. Okay. And, and you saw some French numbers. Yeah, I'm always, a f- I'm always just like just type in French. I mean, I did see some Aussie stuff, um, but I just type in French and then picked a couple that I thought yeah. looked interesting. Um, hot tip, I never look at the synopsis. I just pick based off the title and the picture and then, and and then just rock up there and see what happens. Fingers crossed. Um, but I saw Petite Mam- Maman mm-hmm. um, and it was. I was not prepared for an emotional roller coaster that it was I was crying like within the first five minutes of it starting mm. and I think the woman next to me just thought well, you got issues I was just like yeah what is she doing um yeah but it was about a little girl who just lost her grandma oh yeah. and yeah about like the bond between the mother and the little girl and it was just really beautiful storytelling um and the the French the French just make such simple stories and it's just so relatable in so many ways um so i loved that and i saw an absurdist film an absurdist french film called love song for tough guys Mm -hmm. and it was absolutely hilarious um if if you can see that just watch it because it's so absurd ridiculous um so there was that. And then I saw... Closing Night. You saw Closing Night. I did. I saw the new Wes Anderson film, oh, The yeah. French Dispatch. I was very... Um, yeah, I was really lucky. But I came from a very long lunch with a friend. Oh, you were drunk. So it was a bit like... I'd had a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I took my glasses. But I was like, these subtitles, really difficult to read from um, So you the actually mezzanine. have no idea what happened in that so film. So I was like, well, yeah only some of it was in subtitles but the subtitles were really strange they went like they weren't just traditional ones across the bottom obviously it's Wes Anderson they were like uh, popping up anywhere on the screen and then going backwards as they were talking and I was like oh god I might have had too many ones too many ones so I definitely need to watch that again but I mean it's just it's Wes Anderson so it's beautiful amazing film and I also saw Aussie film Friends and Strangers oh yeah so um which was on at Dendi in Newtown and I love that cinema it's got Mm. such a good vibe Uh, and it was a sellout so I think yeah all around all around good times great great selection of films didn't obviously get through them all because there was uh, like over 200 films I think 7 billion yeah um but you know we love Sydney Film Festival guys Mm. because yeah, we've been involved with that for ages, so I think it's just a good... It's yeah, just, it was good to see it back this year. Yeah, after so long. Yep. Anyway. Love it. Adorable shared sauce. Yeah. All right. So this is our first technical difficulty in the podcast. There is some patchy audio in this episode, so please forgive us. Um, stick around for 
the end of the episode where we do a bit of a debrief on our interview with David and Tanya from SM Management. Really fucking excited to introduce this episode's guests. We've got company directors and leading talent agents, David Smith and Tanya McDonald of Smith and McDonald Management. They've got fucking huge bios, so we'll include them in the show notes. Um, uh, I wasn't entirely sober when I wrote that. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Good morning. It's been ages. Oh, it's been way too long. I mean, yeah. when was the last time we saw you in a foyer? Was I even thought of it? It would have been in 2019 at NIDA. Wow. How crazy. It has been. Was that when we were still allowed to meet the students? Was that the last one? That was the last one. And we should have done more with that. Mm. We should have we been more prepared. Known. The following we... year, we did oh, one yeah. in 2020, but it was like go watch the show and then get out, and it was the yeah. hardest time was, ever. That was, was the very weirdest abrupt. thing. It was very mm. strange. Mm. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, Tanya and I do our best work with uh, drama students with a drink in our hands and the meet afterwards. Um, so that was that was really that was a really tough one. Also, don't you um, think actors would do their best work when agents have a drink in their hand as well? No, I think anybody yep. does the best work when they've got so, a drink in their hand. But um, I think it's, you know, you see, you, you, you know, because you do follow um, some of those actors around throughout their three years at NIDA, and then yeah, if you're lucky enough to get a chat with them afterwards, I mean, you actually get to see the way they represent themselves when they walk into a room and have a chat with somebody they don't know. And that's half the skill, you know, to understand how your, how your clients react when they're, just going in to meet your cast and director for the first time and yes. stuff like that. And whether or not they can hold a conversation like that, you know, sense of humours and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that was that was fucked, that one, those poor buggers. Yeah, uh, that was really hard. So for anyone listening, we're talking about graduate showcases um, and often the only time casting directors and agents get to see each other face-to-face is in the foyer after these events uh, and they usually put on a huge spread of, you know, Lovely canapes and wine. <laughs> so so that we can get to meet them, you know, the actors properly see them do their stuff. Yeah. I think that's um that's uh that's the most thing. Hang on, I'll just turn my phone off. Um, um I'm glad you brought that up though, because it is it is what we would see, you know, when an actor comes into a waiting room. Um to start there and, and a lot of them don't realise that the minute that they walk into a waiting room, that's when their audition commences. Not yeah. when they walk in the room and I hit, and our, I hit record on the camera. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I, I think it's and chatting with other actors in the waiting rooms and all of that kind of stuff. That's why these you know last eighteen months have been so fucked. You know, not being able to get in the room stops that interaction that you have with another actor who's reading for you and all of that kind of stuff. And you, you know, those you know those those micro signals that and they pick up on. It just doesn't work on Zoom, really. Mm, I mean, what do you think, Tan? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think in person and just to get the vibe for someone is is totally different in person versus on Zoom. Um, So, yeah, I agree with that. In Mm. a normal world, it's interesting. We've we've dived, dove, 
whatever, oh, yeah. straight in. Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like it's twofold, right? We really want to see them and let them put their best foot forward in person. But then we also want to bring them this sense of comfort and not put too much pressure on them in those foyer waiting room situations. So what's like to you guys, the best balance of chill the fuck out and bring your best personality and, but also take it seriously enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think, you know, actors put themselves on so much pressure anyway. I mean, the, I mean, you know, we try um, in SNM, we try and get, you know, as much, as much fun with what we're doing uh, with it as possible, because, you know, at the end of the day, the work is the most important thing. All the other stuff around the outside needs to be as easy as possible. I mean, I think that's why you employ agents is so that you can concentrate on the art and the and the most important art to get on with and go checking the and the, the arrangement, that kind of stuff. But um but yeah, I think I, I think actors put themselves under so much pressure that once they're in the room or they're in a safe space, they you know, they can navigate, they know what they're doing in there. Um, and I think it's taken, like I say, I think it's taken a lot of people a long time to get used to the Zoom stuff. I mean, strictly between, you know, three of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, especially the older clients. Um, you know, I've had three over 70s clients come to my house so that we can do the Zooms together so I can work it out for them. I can hold the camera for them and all that. Kind of they are all within, you know, five kilometer. He lied. Um, but, <laughs> but, but it's difficult but, um, for them. But I mean, but but that's um, but that's that's you know that's that, that's difficult for people of that generation to suddenly have everything that they've done for the last forty or fifty years have it completely altered, and it's very alien for the older writers to do stuff. Like that. I mean, you know, the young kids have got it down to fine art now, and they can edit the stuff together. Beautiful, and they know that they can put their best foot forward, whereas the older writers are like. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you agree, Tam? Yeah, I do agree. And I think it's it depends on the actor and the person. So some obviously are better in the room and they've got that like one shot and they know how to do it. And others probably need more time and they've got that time to do a few different takes and choose their best one. But I think it also causes some anxiety. Because um, I've had a few of the actors say to me, oh, I'm, I'm feeling so anxious because I've got so many different takes and I don't know which one to put forward. And I'm just being so picky watching myself back. So there's kind of the two different ends of the spectrum there. Um, so, I mean, it'll be so good when everything just goes back to normal. <laughs> we can see each other in real life again. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I'm, I personally miss being in real life situations with people. Um, this whole, and I'm a millennial, so <laughs> I should be used to this whole like digital world. But yeah, um, there's something special about being in. in I mean, I quite like doing stuff like this because I genuinely don't like most people. So, I mean, I've been very happy. I mean, audition, you know, auditioning, you know, for commercials and stuff is a skill. And um, a different to, you know, auditioning for a TV show or for a play or that, you know, it's, it is a different skill. And um, it's something that needs to be kept up. And as soon as we can get back in the room doing Yeah, I think we're all, I think we're all nervous about our skill sets. Being in the studio and directing actors and stuff, it's a constant, as you say, like a constant 
art form that you need to keep up the skill and the minute that you stop doing it you start to go internal and be like do I even remember how to do my job yeah yeah well I mean I know that well, I've had a chat with some of our kids who are in the big musicals you know the Hamiltons and that come from ways and all that kind of stuff and you know and they were doing eight shows a week and bang suddenly they're doing nothing in weeks and their mental fitness and their show fitness has become something of a concern to them. Um, and how do they keep motivated when they don't know when they, I mean, at least I think we've got an opening for most of them up until last week, mm. they were just floating around and they've got to be really show fit to carry a show for two, you know, two and a half, three hours. And yeah. Um, so what are you doing so, with those actors to help them through that time? Um, well, we, um, we're very lucky because we have Friday afternoon Zooms uh, with all the clients. And, you, and and you the rules are you have to have a drink in your head. Um, yeah, we just get and, drunk, <laughs> <laughs> talk a lot of shit. <laughs> but the but the great thing is you know we because we look after you know some of Australia's best playwrights as well. The Justin Cummings, the John Mistos, the Ronnie Elijahs. I mean, during lockdown, they've been writing new work, and so we've been holding table reads for the new mm. great plays and stuff. Everybody interested and. You know, and everybody reads the plays and everybody puts themselves up for a role they'd like and then there's a short audition period. And um, I mean, Tan's really been in charge of all that while I've been screwing everything else up. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, that's been keeping them there. Friday afternoon, sometimes it goes on, starts at five. Sometimes people are still there at seven. But the interesting thing about it is that all of our clients have got to know each other. Yeah. And they're all reading in for each other's Zoom auditions and stuff like that. And they've been creating work. And I mean, we sometimes, you know, we have challenges. We came up with a new gardening calendar last time when it was new gardening. <laughs> um, yeah. You the naked see gardening. You want to <laughs> oh, see what boy. some of the boys did with the leaf blower. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, um, it's like, but but genuinely, it's um it's 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 stopped being like an agency. It's become more of an arts collective at the moment. Yeah. Um, which I'm thrilled about. I mean, because That's we look great. after designers and film directors and stage directors and writers, and they're all they're all chatting themselves now. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what we've done um, and that's so important because we always say this to actors is that it's about finding a tribe and finding your people and what you're doing is connecting all those people to people that they didn't even realize they were connected with just by their agent and yeah. I think this time has shown how you can so it's so easy to connect with those people they're right there that yeah. we didn't see them before well yeah. I think it's the it's the age-old thing of actors being generally being competitive with each other rather than you know, uplifting and Empowering creating that community. Yeah. There is yeah. such yeah. A, a thing of, you know, if you're in the if you're in the waiting room with four other people, then you're pinned against each other and, you know, yeah. I must see that person as my competition. Yeah. And I think we're quite lucky in the agency because we kind of make sure that we have people who aren't too close so they don't feel like they're competition yeah. within the agency. Um and um and also, like I say, to have, you know, all the creatives that we've got. I mean, they, you know, they can bounce off. I mean, we look after Shirley Pierce, who's in America, who worked with for Disney for many years. She's a screenwriter. She's got, well, four quick at the moment. Um, but all of, our, all of our kids who have been thinking about screenwriting and everything, she's been chatting to them. She's been talking about beat sheets. She's been talking all the stuff I've not understood. Mm. Because I can't write 
Um, but she's um, but she's been, you know, and just sharing um, the uh, uh, their experience to the kids on the uh, on the zooms and the and the mm. chats and the phone calls and stuff like that. And I think that's helped. And I know that it's helped a lot of people through some really dodgy times this time around. Last, this time, I think, has been really awful for some Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think because last time ever, it, it was sort of an – it was almost like a bit of a novelty and we were like, oh, what's going on here? And even yeah. though it was uncertain, it was sort of like, oh, whatever, something will happen yeah. and it'll be right. But this time it was so – there was no real – date there was no light at the end of the tunnel it was like the numbers were bigger and the numbers were bigger and it was just Mm -hmm. very abrupt and it felt very abrupt when they locked it down yeah it did and I think because we'd had that period where things had been going back to normal like Mm. theaters were back like Mm. everything was like 100 capacity again yeah we had a taste of normal normal life again so then when this happened we mean again <laughs> yeah so i think that's why one of the reasons why it's been a lot harder this time around yeah. yeah as well so let's um let's take it back to how you guys got here um david you have a wild past um, <laughs> we know about your wild past we david. know about your wild past um and you're a previous actor and tanya you're basically your sister's manager as a child <laughs> <laughs> and ended up doing it for reals. <laughs> so how did you guys yeah. get to where you are and come together? Tom? Um, sure. So, yeah, so I, my sister is an actor, always was, was destined to be a star from very young age. Um, always wanted to put on performances and everything, so I would manage that. I'd charge wow. our parents and relatives to come in and watch her perform. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I was did you take commission? Um, <laughs> I did actually. I Very did. good. I, did. I think it was in the form of lollies or something yeah, like it. that. But she, what, you, um, were 20, you were twenty-eight did. at the time. She, my sister's amazing. <laughs> She's a... <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I actually I worked in hospitality and event management, so managing in a different way. Um, lived overseas in London, Canada, um, LA for a bit with my sister there. So got to kind of know the industry over there um, a bit. Lived away from home for seven years and then came back, met David on my first job back here in Sydney. Um, and we just bonded. And at first we didn't work together. I worked for a hospitality agency that um, shared an office space with David. He was down the hall. And then we started working together maybe a year after that. And I quit hospitality completely and just started working full-time with Davey. And then as a result of the COVID 2020 lockdown, we decided to create Smith and McDonald's um, in the middle of a pandemic. But <laughs> Good on you. Yeah. So we, we, th- we always thought Smith and McDonald's had a ring to it. It's been a really good decision for us. Yeah, mm, but um, yeah. we always thought Smith and McDonald had a ring to it. We didn't realise that everybody, all the actors, would be saying, "Hello, we're, I'm with S and M." You want to see? I some- honestly, when I saw that, I was like, "David did this on purpose." <laughs> yeah, we did actually. Yeah, yeah. this is very intentional. We kind of did. Yeah, yeah. We, we do. We did talk about it a little bit. We're like, "Yeah, that's cool. Let's go with yeah. that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like I love that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because it's only show business. I mean, it's exactly. uh, anyway. Sorry, Tan, I interrupted. Um, no, that that's pretty much yeah. it. But and then yeah, obviously the past couple of years have been quite tumultuous. Um, but I think the the biggest thing for me and I know for David as well is just keeping in contact with our clients and just keeping connected. That human connection is so important. And like you said, um, you know, they all get to know each other and they're all bonding with each other, which is so mm. nice. We've got a private Facebook group. So they all talk to each other and post things there. And if someone's got a self-test due and they, they don't have a reader, they'll put in there, is anyone able to help me? And there's constantly people willing to help each other out. So it's really, it is really beautiful. It is like an arts collective. Um, and it really is like a, like a family almost. It's yeah, it's, it's lovely. And I think that's, that's pretty special. This is definitely the most special job I've ever had and it doesn't even feel like work. Do you um, still get commission in the form of lollies? <laughs> Actually, yes. We do, yes. We, do, we do get sent a lot of chocolates and lollies and, yeah. Yeah. and booze. Um, yeah. um, all the clients know what my drink of choice is and they know what Davies is. So, um, yeah, they're very kind to us. End of year is, is an exciting time. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Like my drink of choice is basically anything. I was going to say, <laughs> you can't be picky, right? <laughs> Uh, and David. David oh god where to start um, <laughs> uh, I always at the I beginning at the beginning come with me to 1965 deepest darkest east end of London <laughs> um, uh, I was um, I've always wanted to, uh, to be an actor I mean my parents and my whole family worked for the post office um, so, and I wanted to be an actor and my grandfather and my aunt, my uncle and my mum and my dad, and actually eventually my sister and my brother, they all ended up working for the post office. I wanted to be an actor. And, um, I used to watch, when I was about five or six, I used to watch Gene Kelly films and I wanted to be a tap dancer. So my mum sent me to the local tap dancing school and I was the only boy in uh, the whole class. Actually... Actually, well, yeah, there's a lot to go there. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, and, um, and I was I was trained as a, a young tap dancer, and then Judah uh, came and watched one of the shows we were doing. Uh, we were doing half a sequence, and I was kicked in that. And he said, "You should get yourself an agent." So I got my first agent when I was eight, um, and I did my first movie when I was eight or nine with Petula Clark. <laughs> called uh, Second Star to the Right, and I'll take all these runaways in that thing. Um, and then really, I never did anything else. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I spent more time in studios than I did in school. Uh, left school with a CSE grade one in woodwork and metalwork, and that was it. Um, and I just, you know, and I did, I used to do commercials and bit parts in films and kids stuff and uh, kids BBC uh, serials. And then I was a bit on, we had a kid soap opera called Grange Hill. I was on and off that for a couple of years. Then I left school at 16 and as a backup plan, uh, my mum said I should go and get a job at a catering college or something. And I, I got into Croydon Catering College and a couple of days before I was offered um, a show in the West End called Jonas. And when I did that, and never ever did anything else. Um, so how do we get here? Um, so I was working on and off, and then 23, I decided I needed to get some training properly. So I got into Guildhall for 
three years, I was taught vocals by Patsy Rodenberg, who I still think is one of the greatest. Um, and was there for three years. Uh, I then left there, I went straight into the RSC, World Shakespeare Company, um, which for a guy who didn't do English and couldn't read a spell or add up, learning Shakespeare <laughs> was a bit of a, a thing. But um, I mean, Patsy Rodenberg, she got me onto the whole Shakespeare. I mean, I remember. Have we got time for me to tell anecdote? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, she <laughs> said I was. I was a bit of a. I, was, I, I thought I'd be a bit of a fast clown. And uh, in the very first Shakespeare thing, Patsy was talking about. She said, "You've got to understand that Shakespeare has talked about everything, not just love and all that kind of stuff." And, you know, and she's got an encyclopedic knowledge of Shakespeare. And she said, um, "Ask me." Uh, something that you don't think Shakespeare's uh, And I said, having a wank. And she <laughs> said, okay, go to sonnets. And she said, you've got to understand Elizabethan thought the man's sperm was his spirit. You could actually see it. And it starts off, the expensive spirit in a waste of pain is lust. So then I decided I would shut the fuck up for the rest of the three years and actually learn as much as I could. <laughs> And so then I went to the RSC, I was at the National for a bit, um, in between stuff doing television. Um, and then it just kind of, I just worked nonstop. And then I met, oh, that was it. When I, I was working part-time for my agent when I was at drama school, so it's part-time holidays. Um, he was with London Management and he set up on his own. He had, we, I used to go with him to the drama school to see if there was um, graduation. London to see if there was stuff I could steal for my graduation. And he found he found Gary Oldman, um, Pierce Brosnan. Um, he took over Dirk Bogard. Um, he did the original deal for this for Star Wars. One um, percent. Would you believe? Wow! Of all the Star Wars stuff, um, and he, you know, and he looked after most of the lords and ladies and all of that kind of stuff. So I got to hang out with a lot of extraordinary actors. Um, and just learn as much as I possibly could from, I mean, I think standing on the side of a stage for 18 months, watching great actors go on night after night and do their, where they can play with an audience and tease an audience and help get a reaction from, you know, there's nothing like it, that kind of training, that kind of experience. And then anyway, he, um, uh, he and I ended up getting married. Um, and you married the boss. I married the boss. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm still, I would still go and do odd bits and pieces. I mean, I was John Hemmings in Shakespeare in Love, um, eight Oscars, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. um, and then I used to, one of my great loves is radio drama. So I'd always, you know, because the BBC, they have a mandate, they have to have new drama almost every day. Um, so, you know, you'd nip down to, to Broadcasting House and stick down a radio drama or like that and it was just you know it was just lovely and then my last film was young alexander the great paid lord on in that and i just suddenly thought i've not been doing this for years um i need to concentrate on this and so i worked as an agent over there um and then i was on a holiday over here met somebody thought i'd stick around here for a bit um and ended up setting up swift and jones just mm -hmm. for you know to help really gary jones Choose actors, know what actors should be, 
Um, to say him, yes, her, yes, him, that's not going to work. And next thing you know, it's 15 years later, your name's above the door and you can't go home. And, um, and it's been the best thing. I mean, it's, I mean, we were one of the first agencies over here just to start up on nothing. In a lot of agents, they pick off with their clients and, and open, but we started with nothing. We started with a telephone and a second-hand computer. And we still got our first client wow. with us. Um, and it's just been joyous. I mean, I, my first job as an agent was standing there in a corner, feeding pages of a script into a fax machine. Oh my God. I um, and we thought that was then. the height. We thought that was the height. We didn't have internet or computers and all that kind of stuff, but we thought that was the height of sophistication. Mm. You know, Peter Salas, who I remember sending him through his Salas, who was in the voice of uh, Wallace and Gromit. I mean, I sent my mother sending him through a couple. And it took me an hour and a half just speeding to the pages for it. Um, and, and their script used to come out <laughs> 14 rolls yes. of toilet paper. Right. But oh, it was, um, but it was, you know, but you learn from the ground up. And, uh, mm. and I, I think also the great thing about um, my experience is that I don't ask any actors to do anything that I have asked to do. Wow, that's so, a great I mean, piece of um, yeah. insight there. Mm. So that's that's me, really, and here we are. And you met Tanya, and then Tanya was working up the uh, up the uh, the other end of the office, and I think somebody said David really needs help, <laughs> and and Tanya put her hand up, and anyway, she came <laughs> she came in to help and sat down, and we kicked off, and we haven't looked back. I remember at one point um, she said to me, "Oh, my sister's an actress," and I thought, "Oh God, that's all I know." <laughs> um and 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 then we were on we got uh uh director i think it was from the phone on the phone from the states and i listened to tanya chat away it's like you knew them and i'm like hmm and it's like just who is your sister and then you know daniela and i'm like oh okay fuck that great okay and, um, okay I, sh I sh probably should have asked that question before um and it's just worked i mean it's just worked and I think it's time for Tanya and I to come out on our own. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's we got very, very, very similar taste factors. Um, and unlike a lot of agencies, we share everybody. Um, oh, I, that's good to know, actually, mm. even just for Steph and I, because I can't tell you how many agencies we're expected to keep track of which agent within that company looks after which actor. That's it like, is. But, if My I had to do hate. that for every actor and every agency with more than one agent, I don't, what do you think I do every day? Yeah. <laughs> the amount of internal forwarding of emails that must get done in big agencies, oh. I'm just like, how can you be dealing with this all the time? Shouldn't you all just know what everyone's doing? Don't you have a but board? I love, yeah, I love <laughs> yeah. that I can email either or of you or both of you and shit gets done. Like, it's just really lovely. Yeah. I mean, I think to a certain extent, you know, we, we try to keep it as boutique as possible um, so that mm. we know where all the actors are, especially mm. on the Friday afternoons. We know mentally where they are, um, emotionally where most of them are. Um, and, you know, you know, I don't have children. I don't have a partner. I don't have a dog even. So, I mean, this is all I do. Mm. And and sometimes, you know, they know that they can, especially over this pandemic, we took, uh, we let them all know that I was available for a chat from Tuesday mornings 
and Tandy was available for a chat on Wednesday afternoons. We'll cover each other, but if any of the actors needed to phone up at all, that they wouldn't, they were stealing time from us from doing anything else. Because we time for that. Mm. That's not going to like that can't. But I mean, you know, it's actors put themselves on the line every single time they walk into. It. And I remember when you really wanted a job, and it was a life changing job, and you got that close, and then it went somewhere else i mean they you know they're they're daily confronted with um being turned down not told in a lot of the time it's nothing to do with your talent but even so you're still being judged every time you walk into a room and it's and a lot of them you know when you get so close to an enormous job to to talk them down you know and just say well they don't know what so you know, you know, we're on to the next one. Come on, let's pick ourselves up and on to the next one. Let's forget about this. Uh, the script is horrible anyway. Um, <laughs> the, the, the director's a pen in the ass. You won't like him. Uh, so, darling, it's all it's all for the best. Um, yeah, um, onwards and upwards. I mean, onwards and upwards. That's oh, right. We oh. use that a lot. <laughs> a lot. Mm. A lot. Um, yeah, but it's but you know it's but when it works, there's nothing like it in the world when you can. You know, when you get that phone call from a house and dairy, um, you know it's going to be a life-changing thing about to call. Um, mm, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, like Hamill, all that kind of stuff. You do, you, you get so invested in your clients anyway. That was one where it was like, you know, you put the phone down and the offer was on the table and you, you well out because I do. And, and you know, you do, you know, I do get over emotional sometimes. It's probably the drink, and um, and uh, and just to make those that phone call when you go, you sitting down, and your life will never ever be the same again. Mm. You know, your dream has come. Yeah, and it's and it's all through pure hard work. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, we uh, like going back to you talking about have, allowing actors to call you for a chat you know, and supporting them in that way. We hear so many horror stories about um, agents, just you're only allowed to communicate through a closed Facebook group and all this absolute bullshit. It's not a real setup. It's not a real agent relationship. So what are the things that actors should be looking out for in terms of their relationship with their agent? I, I think just that connection, like you – you want to meet them um, and get a connection, get a vibe. And because it is a really personal relationship, or it should be a really personal relationship. I think that's why David and I work so well together because we're both in that same understanding that we're here to support the actor. We're here to support them through everything, help them get jobs, of course, and be that gatekeeper. But at the end of the day, support them, be there to tell them, you know, onwards and upwards if they don't book it or to give them this life changing news. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's the biggest thing and any, any red flags at the beginning, because people are actors generally and creative people are generally pretty good at reading others. Um, and you know yourself, right? So if you connect with someone, you connect with them. And if you don't, you don't, and like you, I've heard some horror stories as well from friends in LA and all that kind of thing. And I just, I can't believe it. I find it really shocking. And to hear some people are scared to call their agent to ask any questions, Mm -hmm. I, I find that shocking uh, as well um, because we're, that's what we're here for. We're here to, to help 
through the journey and to, to just be there and support. And yeah, I find that just crazy. Mm. Being so scared don't you to call think, your agent. Do like, you think you've got, like, is there a piece of advice you'd have for actors? Because I think that um, actors will go with an agent um, or push for an agent because it's the only agent meeting they've had or they think it's the only option they have on the table, even if they don't have that sense of connection and it doesn't feel right for them, but they panic at the thought of they must have an agent. But if it doesn't feel right to them, what would you, what's your advice? Are they just, just sit tight for a while? Like, I mean, I, I think so. Mm. I like, I personally, like if I was an actor, I, I couldn't do what they do. I have the utmost respect for them. Um, but I think if it didn't sit right with me and I wasn't connecting with someone, it's like being in a relationship. You'd prefer to be single than to be in a bad one. Um, that's, that's kind of how I see it. I mean, agents, we all do this completely differently. Um, and we have this style of being very close and chatting. That also wouldn't work for a lot of actors. I mean, you know, a lot of them would like to keep their professional life separate from their personal life and all of that kind of stuff. So I think really you've got to, you've got to find an agent or an agency that has the kind of vibe that you want to. And I mean, we've got, you know, well, we get loads and loads of uh, applicants um but there are people we will look at everyone's test and we will go look time's not right at the moment or you're too close at the moment but let us know what you're doing let us know when you're you can come and do stuff um and they do keep plugging away i mean every six months they'll send us some scenes or some tests that they've done and we will have a look and we'll give feedback you know even if they're not clients because um and then something might come up and you think i mean it's happened a couple of times in the last year when a casting agent has been looking for somebody in particular and we haven't actually represented them. But, you know, I phoned the casting agent up and gone, look, um, I've just sent you this. We got um, an application the other day and it worked for us. Consider this act um, because I think he's completely what you're looking for. Um, and, um, but, you know, to go with an agent, it's a difficult question, that I mean... Mm. I mean, you mm. need to be put up for stuff. Um, mm. I think, oh, it's a, because it's a being really tough freelance one. is difficult um, yeah. in terms of you have to you have to really hustle and be known by multiple casting directors and at the forefront of our minds. And it's all yeah. almost like a right place, right time kind of. If you email them, suddenly it's like, well, it, certainly for me anyway, if, if, if a freelancer emails me just even with an update saying this is what I've done in the last six months, I might be, we might be casting something and it just is the right time. And I'm like, oh, quick, you know, yeah. here's an yeah. audition for this. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's just a, a fact of getting mentally their 10 by 8 onto the, the top of your pile again, Mm, yeah, you know? absolutely. And and I think I think that's a good thing. I mean, it's tough to come up with a yes or no answer about what an actor should do. I mean, I'm you know, it's I've always been very very lucky because I've actually shared with very personal Um But uh, but um, you know, if basically an agent's job, it, it, there's no magic to being an agent. Our our job is to get you in front in a, in a room. Your job is to do the best five minutes you can do when you're in there. After that, all this. Mm. Um, and there are great actors who are with, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, but at least they're getting them in the room. And I think once you're, once you're there, you can always change. Mm. Um, there are agents that poach clients, which um, 
is hideous. And um, mm. but I mean, but but I mean, you can once you've got the ball rolling, then you can decide which direction to kick it in. I mean, yeah. it is easier to leave an agency if you don't have a personal connection with your. Um, so uh, to answer, it's six of one and half a dozen the other. I think really. Mm. Um, I mean, I there's definitely for yeah. There's definitely arguments both for both sides. guys both see similar things in actors and like similar things in actors so what is it that you're looking at or for in an application and how can actors not take everything so personally when it comes to agents and I mean Tanya is very good I mean she, we will look at it and we will give them constructive criticism on the, the staff and we will say your stuff is great what you're doing here is terrific it's just you're too close to a client or all that kind of stuff or our book or we don't know what the fuck we're doing after COVID. So yeah. back to us in six months' time when everything had settled down and we all know the way the new world's going to be working. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but we do try and get back to every single person. And we do look at all the stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we all know that there are certain sections of the ethnic community who, because of their backgrounds, are going to be, the way the situation is at the moment, are going to get offered far more work than, than another uh, than another section. I mean, hopefully the, the, the level playing field um, will flatten out. Um, but we look for people that we don't have mm. um, so that, you know, so that we have, you know, so we can, instead of carpet bombing you guys, we can send off snipers bullets and say, instead of all of these people, you should say, you should see, just see Derek. Yeah. And that. Perfect for it. I mean, our reputation is only as good as the people up to you guys. Yeah. Um, I personally it's... love that. I think mm. it's more curated and thoughtful in terms of when you submit a pitch to us um, rather than for, for some agents who just put forward everybody in the age bracket and it's just like oh. this bomb yes. and you're like, well, I can't. How do I even start with this hundred people that you've put forward? And we always know that we can trust that you guys have put into who you and that there's, there is thought behind each of your actors. Yeah. And, you know, and we're lucky. I mean, if we get us, you know, if there is a script to read, we'll read it. We'll go through who mm. we think we should suggest. And also, I mean, you know, we have had conversations with casting directors. Go, Why have you put this person forward? You go, well, because they do this and they do that. I go, they're like, idea we haven't or mm. all of that you guys you guys have got so much on your plate not with, mm. not with just the casting with the deal memos with the negotiations with all the back and stuff back to forwards it's, you know and we can assist you as much as possible a mm. our reputation which is great you guys and you know that you can rely on us and b we know that we're helping you guys out and our actors are getting decent time in front of the important people who are matter mm. Mm. It's an interesting point that I don't think a lot of actors really take seriously when they look at getting repped is that you're looking for, and it doesn't apply to every agent, but you guys are looking for people you don't have because I don't think actors do their research on agents and necessarily look at, or they don't have the self-awareness as well of where they sit as an actor and what kind of briefs and roles they would be considered for. Um, so it's quite and an also, and also, you know, there's an awful lot of people who shouldn't be anywhere near this business. Mm. 
don't expect that, you know, you know, acting's like a muscle. You've got to take it down the gym and work it out the same as everything else. So go to classes, arrange uh, play reading with your mates. Keep that, keep yourself show fit. Don't just sit down and think, you know, you haven't done anything for six months and then when a gig comes along, you're going to be up and ready to go. Um, you know, you, yeah. you know, it's your craft and you've, you know, it's like being a baker and not having to put anything in the oven for six months. I mean, mm. you know, it's, you need to, I mean, it's a it's a 50-50 split between an agent and an, uh, and an actor. I mean, what I don't like is when actors haven't read the script or haven't learned the sides. I mean, that's the one job. I mean, it's one job. And even if they want to, you know, go through it with a mate or, or rehearse it or get, you know, a, a second opinion on what they're doing, but, um, but don't phone me up and go, oh, what's a very good... You know, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, I did. I gave it my best shot. I was really pleased with what I did. And then all bets are off. And it doesn't matter the outcome of that. It's the most thrilling thing when an actor set phones up. We like to talk to them all after the auditions. Um, so we can went and how we're feeling. And if they're like, mm, I wasn't on top of the script. I didn't time. make time. I mean, this is your passion. Yeah. This is your, your first job. Um, and you only have that one, you know, that one thing to be in the room to impress everybody. Even if you're not right for the, for the part, that's your time and you make it yours and you own it. Mm. And, and, and you've got to remember at the end of the day, actors choose us. I mean, they employ their agents. I mean, if it wasn't for the actors, we wouldn't be able to pay our mortgage. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's got to, you can't, can't be frightened of your agent when you're paying their wages. Mm. Yeah. And I think now. another thing is just like staying in touch with us, like keeping in contact and letting us know what they're up to. And like Davey said, you know, acting, flexing that acting muscle and keeping on top of their self tests and all that kind of thing, their online profiles. Um, oh, oh. But yeah, if we don't hear a client for a while, we start to get a bit worried. Like, mm. Oh, and another, and another thing. I mean, um, if you haven't worked for two months and then you get a movie on the Gold Coast and you phone me up and go, oh, I can't do it because I've got a wedding on Saturday. <laughs> Which only happened twice this week. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> no. And and it's, it's, that, um, it's that thing of also... Uh, an, an actor should always book a holiday because then they'll always book oh, a job. always always book. if you haven't worked for six months go and book a holiday preferably yeah. somewhere else is expensive and you can't get your money back because you yeah. guarantee you'll get a gig pay a deposit <laughs> pay a yeah. deposit. <laughs> you know what it's true though it's absolutely true oh, um, God. And, um, and also you know spend time with young directors because you know you guys are going to be the next level I mean I'm 56 57 now and it's, you know, I'm starting, you know, all the people that I worked with when I was young in London, they're now the top of their game. But eventually we will all move over. You guys are the guys that are going to come up and take to take the position. Mm. I mean, you know, we're at nine o'clock now. You guys are at 6.30. But, to, yeah. to, you know, I'll be at midnight ready to crash it and you guys will be at your nine o'clock up to midnight and all of that kind of stuff. So spend time with creative. Spend time working the room. Um chat to people that you want to work with. Find out the, the, what directors are doing, especially in the theatre. Find out what plays are going on. 
Um, I feel like it's that all that thing of um, everyone's chasing the end so hard that they just want to be at that end point already instead of going through the process in the middle and mm. going through that journey and meeting the people and connecting with people and doing the the random jobs and with the help of the agents. Um, but like they want the end goal so quickly, they just want the fame and the success and be done with it. Well, that's not acting. Yeah. What about the in between and the fun of it? Yeah. yeah. No, that's about wanting to be a star and wanting to be famous, which yeah. basically I have no interest in. Um, because, you know, you want to work with people who, you're talking about careers in the last 40, 50, 60 years. And, you know, both have the passion for the acting, whether it's downstairs at the old fits or it's, you know, it's the leading role at the STC or, you know, mm. or, I mean, there is a value in all of them. I mean, well, the value, you- the value is that this is how, um, I mean, when I first started as a baby casting assistant, I used to go to the theatre five nights a week because that's how I learnt. Any theatre invitation that I got, I would say yes to. I was at some wild, some wild shows that I was like, (laughs) I should not have said yes to this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think I got you to a couple of those. Um. (laughs) But, you know, it's how you learn. And also I got got actors um, signed to agents um, because I went and saw a random play somewhere and thought someone was really great and didn't then and I thought they really deserved to be connected to agents. So yeah. you know, there's there's so much value in doing those those theatre shows. Um, you know, I reckon about, about I reckon about seventy five percent of uh, of applications come through cast directors who said to you should give David time. Um, or if you, that's, you know, that's only happened in the past four eight years. Um, because it took us, you know, 15 years for you guys to get to realise what our taste was. Mm-hmm. And uh, different agents have different tastes about yeah. what they can, mm-hmm. what they can do. But, um, but uh, I, a lot of it is now, now through recommendations from casting directors and casting directors only get to meet the actors to make the recommendations than being in a room mm-hmm. or in front of them. So if it's a commercial casting, even if it's not a lot of money, have a, don't just look at the money. Have a look at the director. Have a look at the producers. Have a look at that kind of stuff. It's um, going to be – you've got to be strategic about what you want, but you've got to basically love the business. And if there is anything you can possibly do in your, with your life apart from doing this, then go and do it. There's a lot of there's, – there's been a lot of trend in the last couple of years uh, or maybe maybe sort of the last five years, I guess, I've noticed – this whole branding for actors. Do you buy into an actor's brand? Uh, you're talking to the wrong person. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, oh, that's that's a hard question. Probably not. Um, I think it's it's got to be more about like the the talent. You know, they're, what they've got to, to offer, um, their actual brand and how many followers they've got on Instagram. Um, it obviously comes part and parcel with success, I guess. Um, and I'm using my sister as an example here. She's definitely not an Instagram influencer, never speaks that much on um, her social media. She just does when she when she has to to promote from, um, projects she's got coming up. But for her, it's, it's talent. And I guess that's, that's what I've kind of always seen is just that, that talent. And I know David doesn't understand social media in the slightest. <laughs> so that, I think we're kind of in on that. I, I think 
it is important in in a way to get that exposure out there. Um, but yeah, it's for us. I think it's not the biggest thing in the world to have to have that brand. And I think probably because we have a lot of the older actors as well that have never had to build a brand and mm. they've just relied purely on on their talent. Um, yeah. Does that well, answer I think the question? That, yes, I think so because <laughs> I think what you're saying is that the talent should come first and then the brand just basically happens organically. Of course it will. Yeah. If you're good in your, your brand should be that you're a great actor and a great person yeah. with and you bring a professional courtesy to everything that you do that's your brand and I think that I think if you have to create something on the side you're not being authentic yep. mm-hmm. but that's just me I'm very very old-fashioned yeah. and as Tenya, said, Tenya says I don't understand any of it because, I mean I've not been brought up for it, with it I mean the industry changes mm-hmm. daily mm-hmm. the way things happen and you do see people getting gigs on you know great gigs which should go to better actors because they are influenced and I'm an art and a lot happening mm. but um but i think if you if you're if you're talented and you're good enough the brand will follow and yeah. it will just be you mm. authentically you that's good advice i love it um so we're just going to do some fun rapid fire questions now and this okay. is where we round it out what's rapid fire we're just going to ask some rapid fire questions that you answer with one word one sentence punch through okay, okay. both of us yes we'll ask one question you both answer <laughs> Okay. okay. All right. What is your most irrational fear? My irrational fear? Um, yeah, the collapse, the utter collapse of Dan Murphy's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Dania? Um, probably being eaten by a shark. <laughs> valid. Yeah, valid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are you both most grateful for right now? Dan Murphy's. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that, um, <laughs> I've lost it. Um, <laughs> I have to say technology so that yeah. we can keep that human connection and stay in touch with, with people. I think that's been really, really important during the pandemic and the lockdown. Are you done, David? That was your answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I'm just trying to think. Sorry, I understand Murphy's is the answer to all these questions. Um, Maybe we'll get some uh, sponsorship. What, sorry, what was the question again? What are you most grateful for now? Audi's special buys. Good. <laughs> okay. I like I like where we're going with you. Um, okay. What is the most surprising thing about you both that we may not know? I think I'm basically an asexual. Okay. Great. Because yeah. I haven't had it for years and I don't miss it. Oh. oh. Yeah. This is quite the revelation for you then. Oh, well, bottles of poppers have to be bought, videos have to be rewound, towels <laughs> have to be put down. I'm like, ow. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm? I'm like, no, no. Give it alone, Derek. I'll do it myself. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. That was, that was surprising. Um... Yeah. Can you? <laughs> She's still recovering. Um, I don't think Tanya even knew that. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I'm still. I'm like. I didn't know this, but it's a revelation for me as well. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's all I can think about now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, something surprising about me. I don't. I don't know. I don't think I'm that surprising. 
I can be really loud sometimes. Ooh. That's Ooh. surprising. I don't know. After a couple of espresso <laughs> martinis. Yeah. 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 I think I can get a bit wild. <laughs> Got a bit of a wild side, I think. Yeah. Right. Good. <laughs> um, what's the best advice you've both ever been given? There is no such thing as a free lunch. Um, this too shall pass. And the last one, who would you cast as yourself in a film about your life? Ooh, Jack Lemon. Oh, who's that? Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon, probably the greatest screen actor. I about 10, 15 years ago. Um, Some Like It Hot. Okay. Him and Tony yeah. Curtis. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. But, but he could do all of that kind of stuff that he could do. I mean, he was beautiful in a film called Missing. Um, yeah, okay, Jack yeah, Lemon. I see this. I really see this. Oh, I love it. He's, yeah. Cool. Tan? It's probably your um, sister. Yeah, your sister. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably she knows me better than probably I know myself. But yeah, so yeah, I'd say my sister. I mean, I was going to be really vain and say Margot Robbie, but oh yeah, no, <laughs> a great option as well. A great, option. love it. <laughs> great casting, everyone. Yes, good teamwork. Um, well, right, thank well, you we'll for joining us. We'll wrap it up there. And um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, listen. Thank you for that. Oh. I just hope it was, I just thought I hope it was helpful and we made sense. I mean, yeah. It's such Definitely. a confusing business that we're we're all in, and just you know, we as agents, we all do this completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is just the way we do it, and um, I hope some of it's helped. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. You guys are the Beautiful. best. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. Great are they? I mean, I ha- I learnt a lot from that. I did too, and I feel like we think that we know most things that agents think, but we just definitely don't. No, I mean, every all agents work differently, right? Like it was interesting to hear that they they're across every project and every actor, which is helpful for us. So helpful because my gosh, it's impossible to keep track of who operates what yeah. in an agent. Yeah, and and also we we like that process because that's how we operate. Yeah, I think that that's what it, that that was why I connected with it because we are seamless in our mm. in our process with how we work on projects. So a client could call either of us and know, and we would know where every job is at. Mm. Um, so that's quite handy. Yeah, that was good. But he's so funny, David. Oh my god, loose. Oh my god! Did you know that he he lived with you and McGregor? Yeah, I I think he once told us that um, at a event we were at, and he just like brushed over it like it was a nothing comment. Yeah, at the SFF. Yeah, at Sydney Film Festival Directors Lab the first time. So I think it was at twenty nineteen when we did that. Millions of years ago, I feel like. like. Yeah. But, yeah, he. I feel like he's had such a wild history. Um, what a great story. Such a great um, story. And context-wise, because I feel like we brushed over it very um, loosely that Tanya's sister is Daniela McDonald. Yes. We did brush so. over it loosely. We didn't, like, give that the airtime that it required, I think. No. Because also when we referenced that she would put on her sister's shows, it was like that was a way bigger deal than at the time. She didn't even know how much of a big deal her sister would be and she was putting on the charging for her shows. Anyway, it was so how great. wild. I what related to that hard because I used to do, when I was doing ballet, 
a lot. I used to do the same when I went to my grandparents' place and put on little, mm. like, concerts yeah. and my sister same. would, like, arrange things and, like, go g- give tickets out and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it genuinely horrifies me now thinking back to the times that I put on performances for family members at, like, a big family barbecue. Like, yeah. I, it's so cringeworthy. I mean, it's fine if you end up being Daniela McDonald being like, well, look at me now. (laughs) But when you don't, you're like, oh, get in a bin. But also, don't you think like we've just lost the fun though? Like that was like back in the day where we had no, there were no fear of rejection and no fear of like not caring what anyone thought. Yeah, I know. Such a shame. I hope that kids are still doing that. I really wouldn't know. But Mm. surely they are. Anyway, we really digress. Well, we're about to find out with our kids. We are. Soon enough. I mean, um, she probably does perform a fair bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think that was a lot of um, interesting information for actors, especially graduating actors looking for agents and or and or actors looking to change agents. Yeah, I mean, I think I got the key takeaways from that was the, rela- the agent-actor relationship in terms of, you know, um, when you're looking for an agent, just being aware of who they represent and mm. what your type is or how you can be marketed by that agent um, and making sure that you're not too close to anyone that they already represent. Mm. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I actually think actors would look at it the opposite way and look maybe look at agents' books and go, oh, yeah, they they rep the type of people that I feel I fit in with. Yeah. I'll target them and it's actually like not the right business decision for an agent to do that. So no. it's a change of um, thinking. Yeah. Mm. Well, particularly when they're putting forward, and we did touch on this in the interview, but when they're putting forward actors for briefs that we put out, they can mm. really, um, you know, pinpoint those briefs and put forward two or three actors that are really right for it rather than, yeah. you know, half their books who are just in the age bracket. Yeah. Which happens most of the time. Which, yes, just no thought. Mm, And I really actually liked, because it is important these days, especially with COVID, um, the community that they're building and nurturing within that agency. So it's like I reckon grads should be looking at those, if that's what suits them, agents and companies that can provide that support in the network because I think that's a really lovely atmosphere for actors to be a part of yeah like Tanya was saying that like it's sort of an they've formed an arts collective now which I think is yeah I think it's important because many many actors wear heaps of hats and I think if you can tap into that within your own agents you know database of Mm. creatives then uh it's certainly yeah it certainly helps building by building a network and a bit of a tribe as we always tell actors is important. Mm. Anyway, I think people would have gotten a lot from that. I certainly did. So So did I. Good. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on that. Yeah. What a time. All right. Well, next week's guest is very exciting. So Mm. big one. Yep. Can't wait. We say that about everyone. I know. We think everyone's great. Because we love everyone just a real build isn't it creates a suspense yes 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 all right well, all right. we'll catch you all around next time see you Thank later you.
the end of the episode. So we hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and comment, share, whatever you do. Um, so Tell your people. people. Yeah, tell your people. So other people can also benefit from the clusterfuck that is Stefan Al. See you next time. Bye.